Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We are back for another episode of For Such a Time as This. The time is now. Amen, amen, amen. So good to be back with you on tonight. As always, Reverend John Mason and Reverend G. Lewis Tillman. We are the ministry of for such a time as this, the time is now. We just wanted to come back on tonight and continue what we started on last week. We were talking about what does the word of God say about sin? Amen. And as always, we're going to ask Reverend Mason if he'll lead us in the prayer. And we'll seek to see what God has to say to what he's already said in his red and word. Reverend Mason. Father, we come before you again. Yes, Lord. In the uh, mighty name of Jesus, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. First of all, I want to say thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Another day. Uh, day that you allowed us to see, Father. Yes, Lord. And as always, it wasn't promised to us, it wasn't guaranteed, but. Thank you, God. And you decided to leave us here just a little while longer. And we, first of all, want to give you thanks for it. Thank you, God. We praise you, Father, for. Bless your name. How good you've been to us and what you've done for us, Father. And mainly, Father, because of who you are, Father. We thank you for that tonight. And we always ask a special prayer, Father, for our listeners, Lord. Yes, sir. Uh, you would open their spiritual ears and their spiritual eyes. And mainly, Lord, their, their hearts, Father. So that they would be uh, receptive of what it's going to be said tonight. Yes, Jesus. And Father, we pray that everything that we say tonight, Lord, comes from you. Yes, Lord. And it won't be our own opinions, but it will be the undeterrated truth, Father. What is truth? That word. Your word is truth, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for that tonight. So as we begin to expound on your word tonight, Father, we thank Lord that we have that leading, that yes, guidance of your precious Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, yes. That he does exactly what he do best, and that lead us and guide us into our truth. Father. Yes, Lord. And Father, we pray that he would illuminate us, cause us to see that very truth that he leads us to. Yes, Lord. And as always, Father, our, our goal is that we make you known. <laughs> And that we know you first of all, but then we make you known to others who don't know you. And Father, we just thank you for that tonight. Uh, we believe you're going to give us that wisdom, the knowledge and understanding that we need also. And Father, that we'll be able to use that. And Father, our ultimate goal is that someone, somebody, God. through what we're going to say tonight, Lord, Speak may Lord. accept your son, Jesus Christ, yes, as their Lord and Savior. Yes, Lord best decision that they would ever make. Yes, Lord. So, Father, we pray for that. If only one does it tonight, just one. Thank you, God. Then we know the heavens rejoice. Yes, Lord. And we thank you for it right now. We just believe it's going to be done. Yes, We don't know when. We don't know where. Uh, but hopefully tonight, Lord, while Amen. we're doing Amen. the podcast. But we thank you for it. We just believe it's already done. And we're asking things in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen, 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 amen. 
Again, we are happy to be back on tonight. Um, thank God that he's given us another day of health, life, and strength. And thank God that he's allowed us to be back here again, sharing in this weekly podcast. We want to thank each and every one of you all who take the time out to join, listen to us, check in. We bless God for you, and we are grateful for your support. Um, we don't do it for shape, form, or fashion. We do it to the glory and for the glory of God. And we just pray that God is using us to be a blessing to somebody through his word. And so on tonight, we want to pick up and uh, continue where we left off last week. And we were talking about what does the word of God say. And we're in this series about what does the word say. And we're talking about the word of God. And we're talking about different entities of what the word says. So on tonight, we're going to pick up with sin again. And we want to know what does the word say about sin, part two. Sin, 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 sin. That's a little word we said last week, but it's a big time problem. We're amazing. It cost Jesus his life. Um, sin requires payment. And up until Jesus Christ, sin was never, the payment was never fulfilled. Sin was only covered. The blood of goats and bulls and pigeons would only cover man's sin. But God got to the point to where he needed a perfect sacrifice. And the only one with perfect blood was his son, Jesus the Christ. And so Jesus said, Father, prepare me a body. I'll go down and redeem men back to you. And that's what he did for you and I. He redeemed us back with his precious blood. And, and now if you have accepted the finished work of Jesus Christ, you have been bought with a price. You've been born again. And so you're never going to be sinless. So we, we tried to establish that last week that people think because we're Christians that we won't ever sin. No, that's not the case. The word says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word says, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so when we picked up in Romans last week, chapter five had concluded with this discussion about grace. And since grace was so wonderful, the people were saying, why don't we make grace look better and just keep on sinning? Paul said, come on now, God forbid. He said, how shall we that are dead to sin continue to live any longer therein. And you do know that once you've been born again, once you've confessed Jesus Christ, once you've confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, if you did that in sincerity, you are now saved. You are now the recipient of eternal life. And so when that happens, we, we need to understand that we have two natures living inside of us now. Before accepting Jesus Christ, we were just simply 
uh, men and women that did what we wanted to do. We were carnal people. We we did whatever we liked to do. We had no thought. We 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 sometimes were convicted by our conscience, but we throw the conscience's conviction away and just keep on doing that thing. And so that sinful nature that we used to reside after is still very much alive and in us. But God, through his Holy Spirit, has given us what we need to keep that sinful nature under control. It's just that oftentimes we don't let the Holy Spirit have his way in our lives. Um, if the truth be told, and I hate this, no, I don't hate to say this because we tell the truth. If the truth be told, sin feels good. That, that's why we did it for so long. That's why we still from time to time indulge now because sin pleases the flesh, but it causes a problem with the spirit. The Bible tells us that the flesh and the spirit are constantly at war one with the other. They're, they're always fighting each other, fighting one another. And, and as Christians, a Christian should not be able to live comfortably in sin. The problem with a Christian living in sin is that they have now started to do what they used to do. Now they're practicing sin, and that's something that the Christian should not do. A Christian should not be practicing sin. A Christian should not live a life that does not please God. No, we will not be sinless, but we should sin as less as possible. Because before we mess up, the Holy Spirit warns us and lets us know. Go ahead, sir. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, and, and that's, we, we call it the sanctification process. Yes, sir. That, that's exactly what's happening to us. Uh, God is at work, but he needs our cooperation in order to make this uh, process happen. Um, whenever we uh, buck against him, uh, we let the flesh win. And we don't want the flesh to win. We already know what the flesh can do. Uh, we've been living fleshly our whole lives. Yes, sir. So we, we know what the flesh has a power within itself and and what a lot of people think they think that once you get saved that 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 sinful nature or that fleshly nature uh is eradicated it's, it's it no longer exists anymore it's gone but we know uh from studying and plus put like this we know from living right that the flesh is very much alive uh even though the spirit is alive living within us. Uh, so we, we know this. And so what God wants to do, and he says it, he basically wants to uh, conform us into the image of his son. Mm -hmm. So he's at work doing what he needs to do to get us to resemble his son as we live this life down here. We're supposed to reflect his son uh, in our everyday lives, especially the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act. We're supposed to be reflecting Jesus or looking more like Jesus. Uh, when the disciples was accused of being followers of Jesus, 
even their speech gave them away. Right. And our speech should give us away. You know, which way are we talking today? Are we talking worldly? Are we talking in a way to where people look at us and say, well, I know he ain't a Christian. Listen to that language that they are talking. Christians look don't sound the way they like act. that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. they, they don't talk like that. They don't, they don't live like that. They don't that's act true. like that. Exactly. And that's what the text really deals with tonight. Right. Uh, we dropped off last week in uh, Romans 6. And I think we finished on verse uh, 12. So we pick up tonight where it says, neither year your members, and I'm going to read this because it's, it's what some people don't understand about Scripture, Mason, is the importance of the context of Scripture. Right. Some people just want to pick one Scripture and go running off with it, and they done messed up a whole lot of stuff. Sure. But but when, whenever you deal with Scripture, you want to know what was going on in the Scripture. Right. Um, so what you want to make sure you're doing is you want to make sure you know. And sometimes you got to read a little bit to understand that. So let me read this right quick. It says, uh, neither yield your, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Mm. He says, what then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid, he says, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But, but God be thanked that ye were, were, past tense, the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. And that's where it takes place, there, in the heart. Mm -hmm. Ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Now, 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 check that out. Since I'm free from sin, mm -hmm. I don't serve the old lifestyle now. Right. I serve the one who has freed me from sin. And who has declared me righteous. I speak, verse 19, after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members service to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members service to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Wow. There ought to be some, some people say, I ain't ashamed of nothing I did. I, I can't testify. Well, that. I, I don't know, but I hear people talking about, I ain't, I ain't ashamed. I don't regret not, nothing I did. I, I regret a lot I did. There's a lot I did caused a lot of unnecessariness. <laughs> it says, what fruit had you did in those things where you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become the servants to God, Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. This is where I wanted to get to. For the wages of sin is death, mm -hmm. but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul picks up talking about who we yield our members to. Your members, your hands, your eyes, your feet, your mouth, your ears. Who, who, who has control of your member. What what are you doing with your hands? Where are your feet taking you? 
Some people said, when I got saved, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. Stop lying. Same hands, same feet. They just do different things now. Right. Or they should do different things. I mean, they don't go in the store and pick up the alcohol. You can pick up the soda behind, beside the alcohol or the juice beside the alcohol. You, you may be smoking, but you don't smoke the left-hand cigarettes. You go ahead and get your Newport, your Kings, your Miles, your whatever they smoking out there. Now, you, you do different things because now you're under different leadership. Mm-hmm. Your feet ought not be taking you places that you shouldn't go. They ought to take you to places that you should go. And one of the biggest things, Lord have mercy, since COVID that people don't do, they go to church. People do not go to church now, but they'll go everywhere else. They go everywhere. They, they, They don't go to church. Everybody else makes. How is it? How is it that God can stop by all of our houses seven days a week, wake us up, mm-hmm. give us another expression of His goodness, His grace, and His mercy? But we can't go by His house one day a week and tell Him thank you. How is that? I guess, first of all, they have to believe that he is the one that's waking them up. Say what? All these days through the week. Hmm? That he is the one that's allowing them to breathe. That he is the one that provides a roof over their head, clothes on their back. Uh, he's the one that provides a job for them. They have all those things. See, if you think you're doing it yourself, then you ain't got no reason to give him thanks because thanks for what? But some, what people, did he some people, when they wake up, God, I thank you for letting me see another day. God, I thank you for letting me get to work safely. Thank you for, they didn't pray over their food. Who are they praying to if they don't believe in? It's true. According to them. They praying to the one that they believe that's providing stuff for them. But as far as going to church and giving them time, their time, when they don't have time, they're giving them their time. Their, their time. That's right. Their time. Their time. Okay. Yeah. So they can take Junior to the football game. Right. They can take Sally to dance for something. Mm-hmm. But they can't take him to the church. Right. Wow. Where your members take you? Where your feet take you? What conversations does your mouth have? I'm talking to Christians, because see, if you haven't been born again, then you're just living the life that the natural man should live, which is a fleshly life. You are controlled by your fleshly appetites. There are three types of men. There's the Sarkanas man, there's the Suchikas man, and there's the Pneumaticos man. One of them is the corner man. One of them is just that debased man that enjoys every fleshly appetite. But the Pneumaticos man is the man that's led by the Spirit of God. 
Which one are you? Who leads you? Who are you yielding your members to? Because Paul says, to whom you yield your members, that's your master. Exactly. He says, you're a servant to them. That word servant deals with a slave. And so whether you know it or not, you are somebody. I ain't nobody's slave. You, yes, you are. You're either a slave of righteousness or a slave to sin. Right. Right. Because the word says so. It's right there in the text. Mm -hmm. It says, to whom you yield your members to, his servants you are. And I testified for a long time. And for a long time, I, I was yielding my members <laughs> to that dude that don't care nothing about me. I was yielding my members as members of unrighteousness. And there's somebody right now listening to us or somebody that will listen to us is doing the same thing. Right. And, and I want to share something with you. When I was doing it, not being arrogant, just being real. I was good at it because he had me. He had me locked up, wrapped up, tied up, enjoying every fleshly appetite that I wanted to enjoy. Right. But one day, the Holy Spirit and the old folks that got hold of me. Yeah. <laughs> got hooked in me. And I've been running ever since. Yes, sir. Now, every day hasn't been Sunday. Don't 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 get it fooled. Somebody told you when you come on this side, everything's gonna be all right. It is gonna be all right. But you're gonna have some stuff to deal with. Mm -hmm. And we want you to know also if you're unsafe and you decide to give Jesus your life. That's when the trouble will start. Right. That joker coming after you with everything. He gonna throw everything at you. Because when you decide to do right, trouble gonna come. And the Bible teaches us that as we try to live this Christian life, it does not take away trouble from us. Right. Somebody made the mistake of saying, we shouldn't even be sick. The devil is alive. <laughs> and I think we need to tell you, the devil is not the cause of every problem Christians experience. <laughs> the only thing the devil can do is give you an idea. And what you do with that idea is up to you. That's all he can do. He can't do anymore. He can't make you do anything. He can't convince you to do anything. He can't order you to do anything. The only thing he can do is say, hey, look at that. Uh, you know you want that. That's all he can do. But people want to blame him for everything. You know, flip oh, yeah. said, the devil Never made, made me do it. devil ain't made you do nothing. Uh, I think some people have heard it, but since we got to do all this, let me tell it again. One day, this man was walking by a church and he looked, and this dude was, hmm, this dude was sitting on the porch, crying. The church took steps. 
He walked past him. He's like, wait a minute. He looked back. He said, ain't you the, the devil? Smell what you doing out here crying. Mm -hmm. The devil like the tears and said, man, them people in there lying on me. So <laughs> <laughs> I ain't do everything they say. <laughs> For on the on the devil and make her like he made them do some stuff. He can't make you do nothing. He cannot make you do anything. It is up to you and I. God gave all of us free will. Right. And we have a choice to do what we want to do. Oh yeah, he can just the only thing he can do is just influence you, uh, tempt you. Mm -hmm. And uh, he does that very well. And a lot of times we give in to that to that temptation. Um, I think one of the things is, is we, we really have to realize uh, our position in Christ. Uh, and a lot of us as Christians, we don't we don't realize our position, uh, and we we quote scripture a lot of times and say, uh, "In Him we live and move." And have our and being. Have our being. And, and I'm like, okay, what, what, what did you just say? It's in him that we live, move, and have our being. Okay. So you're saying that you're actually in him and he's in you. Hmm. Okay. So if you're in him and he's actually in you, then uh, you have all of him that you need in order to be victorious over you if that's where you are so when we look at our position which means that we're basically in the body of christ okay we're part of the body of christ and when he talks about our members he talks about uh how all of our members now that were used before you got saved, they were used for, for sin. sin. All of our members, we were basically we were enslaved uh, to sin. And we did everything that we could do because we were slaves. When you're a slave, you do, you do what the master tells you to do. And, and sin is the master. It's going to tell you to do all of the things pertaining to sin. And so, when you get saved, you basically change over now to where you're no longer a slave to sin, but now you're a slave to righteousness. Jesus Christ has came and he has died. We believed in him, the finished work that he did on the cross. And so now we've become slaves to righteousness. And so he tells us now that since we are slaves to righteousness now, what we're supposed to do is to begin to live righteously because you're no longer a slave to sin. See, we, we, we have to realize that and begin to put that uh, in action. But if we don't know exactly how to do that, then what's going to happen is that we're going to let uh, sin win every single time. See, we, this Christian life is something that we've got to learn how to live. It's a new life. That's why he calls it the new life. It's new. When something is new, if, if you went out and bought your new car and you had your old car, 
for years. Well, you would know everything about that old car that there is milk because you had it for so many years, for so long. All right, so now you have the new car and it's got new features in it and all the gadgets are new. They work differently. Even the windows roll up differently. You might have had a car where it was manual windows, you know, depending on how old you go back. <laughs> and, and now you got buttons that you hit. There's a lot of cars now that's beginning to be uh, voice activated. Right. All you have to do is just speak and, and, it, and it works. But you've got to learn that new car like you learned the old car. And that takes time to do. So living a Christian life is a life where every day is going to be different. God knew that because that's why he says his mercies are new every morning. Why? Because we need his mercies every morning. We need it. Yeah, we got to have it. And, uh, and so we've got to learn how to live this Christian life. So the way you were sold out to sin and you serve sin, uh, with the best of your ability or to the best of your ability. Now he's saying you've got to learn how to live this Christian life or learn how to be enslaved to righteousness now because it's entirely different than what it was. All right? But the only problem with that is that you're going to have somebody called sin that don't want you to do that. So this battle is going to take place and you're going to have to win this battle against your flesh if you want to be all that God wants you to be. And, and all it takes is, is, is learning how to be victorious. And it's going to take everything that you got to try to uh, win this battle against, against sin and or against the slavery of sin. And you need to understand that this battle is going to go on until we leave here. It's, it's continuous. Yeah, it's, it's continuous. See, when we get saved, we get saved from the power of sin. Mm -hmm. Now, from the penalty of sin. Mm -hmm. But we still have to deal with the pleasure and the power of sin. The presence of sin. And the presence of sin. Exactly. So when we get saved, we're saved from the penalty of sin. Mm -hmm. But once you get saved, sin is still present. Sin is still pleasurable. Mm -hmm. And if you don't let the Spirit of God lead you, sin is going to be powerful. Wow. Three Ps. And three Ps. So, as Reverend Mason said, he just cleared up what Paul was saying here. He said, use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right to the glory of God, is what the New Living Translation says. Mm -hmm. It says, sin is no longer your master for you, no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under, free, under the freedom of God's grace. Right. He said, now, even though this is going on, since God's grace is here, we still don't continue to sin. Mm -hmm. No, we don't go on sinning. He said, don't you realize you've not... You, you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey. We both said that. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey uh, God, which leads to righteous living. He said, verse 17, he says, thank God once you, you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey God's teachings, which were given to you. Now you are free from your slavery 
to sin and have become slaves to righteousness. See, when Jesus died on the cross and we accepted him, we, he actually freed us, but we came back and became a willing slave to him. Right. He says, but because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Also, let me just put it in your lap. Let me make it play. He says, you understand the slave-master relationship. And even though some of us, when we think of slavery, we think about what happened years and years ago. Yes, it was horrible. Yes, it was horrific. But when we're talking about this slavery mentality here, there's a slave unto bondage. There's a slave unto righteousness. Right. And once we become slaves, we become slaves under righteousness, which now we are free to live godly lives instead of that sinful life we used to live. Mm -hmm. He said, previously, you yourselves were slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led you deeper into sin. That, that's, that's so true. That is so true. That's true. I, I mean, it is so true that the more we did, the more we wanted to do. Yeah. The worse we get. There you go. <laughs> that song says, I was sinking deep in sinking, far from the peaceful show, very deeply staying with me, sinking to rise no more. Watch this. But the master yeah. of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, and now safe am I. So now we've been freed. Mm -hmm. Watch this. He says, now you must give yourselves to be slaves of righteousness, living so that you will become holy. Verse 20 says, when you were slaves to sin, and I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation of what's right. Right. We, we didn't have to do what was right when we were living the sinful life. We did what our sinful nature enjoyed doing. Right. And you know, we talk about it quite frequently. Now you have people standing up talking about, I'm so glad the Lord delivered me from a miserable life of sin. Mm -hmm. And you won't say that. I did say Yeah, that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it was so miserable, why you stay in it so long? Right. Right. If it was that miserable, why did you stay in it so long? I, I had this plan, this. I said, when I get 40 years old, mm -hmm. I'm gonna give it up and give my life to Jesus. God said, that's what you think. <laughs> that's what you said. That's what you say. <laughs> Him grab me. <laughs> Him have a different plan. There you go. That's what you, you said. Yeah, that's what I said. When I get 40, right. I figured I'd be tired of ripping and running, tired of doing this, and let me go on and settle down and give God my life. Him said, no, that's not the plan. Right, right. And I don't know who you are, but I'm going to tell you, and I know the context behind this, so I can say this, Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected You may have a new plan for your life, but check with God to see what his plan is for your life. Oh, I agree. I agree. 
I heard Reverend Frank Ray says sometimes people climb the ladder of success and they get there. And God talks to them and say, hey, that ain't what I want you to do. Right. Now you got to come all the way down. True. And start True. climbing the ladder God wants you to climb. People, you got plans. You got plans. It's okay to have plans. Right. But make sure your plans align with God's. Oh, I agree. Oh, yes, I agree. Well, you know, you, you, you talked about um, this, this, um, this, this, this is a struggle for us. Oh, man. Uh, especially the sinner has nothing to do but sin. That's, that's why we call him a sinner. Over and over. Because that's that's what he does, you know. So there's there's no um, there's no struggle there against the do right or the do wrong. Because the automatic just does wrong. And that's 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 his lifestyle. Uh, David said, you know, born in sin, uh, Satan and iniquity. Uh, he had a losing battle when he first was born, and he didn't even know it. Even as a baby, a baby doesn't even know that they were born in sin and, and shaking me. They have no no knowledge of that. And we said before, you never have to teach a baby how to do wrong. It's automatically in him. Uh, it's part of his, his sinful nature. He always does, does what's wrong. The battle comes when you try to tell him how to do right. Uh, one of the things that you do is that you know you deal with kids every day, oh, Lord. and uh, and you see the sinful nature that's in them. Uh, their children. Uh, the Bible talks about how uh, a child has foolishness bound up in his heart. But there's an answer for that. Yeah, there's an answer for that. And you're right. There's an answer for that. There's an answer for that. But the sad thing is, is that uh, that answer is not being used today. Uh, and Sometimes so, the children use the answer on the parents. <laughs> that's true. And, and we wonder why there's a problem with the children. Uh, and then when we see adults grow up, we wonder why there's a problem with the adults. Well, Still if you can use the answer. <laughs> <laughs> they, they stop using the answer. Exactly. Man. They stop using the answer. And that's true. If, if we can still use the answer, which everybody knows what the answer is, you know, it's the rod. Oh, correct. It's the rod of correction. So if we drive it far from yeah. it. Yeah, the rod of correction. I mean, listen, the rod of correction will drive that foolishness far from them. So when you have foolishness that's in them, there's no wonder why they're acting foolishly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, not, it's it's not, not a hard, hard question. question. You know, <laughs> you don't have to be a rocket science or Einstein to figure it out. Uh, the word of God says that the rod of correction will drive that foolishness far from, far them. from them. Well, when you don't use that rod of correction, you're going to have foolishness going on in schools today, and, that, and that's what we have. And so what we fail to realize, though, is that same foolishness that's in the child, 
once they begin to grow up and become an adult, that foolish by then has multiplied to where we got really a serious problem. I'm going to say this right here. We're going to go back, okay? Okay. When you let this foolishness go on, if it's a little boy who's going to get married, you're raising some woman's nightmare. Right. If it's a little girl that's going to get married, you're raising some man's nightmare. And we've done a podcast about training up kids, and we'll probably do another one, but kids need direction. Mm-hmm. I, I could get lost. I'm going back, okay? Let me, let go, me back. Let me go, go back. Go back here, okay? Because I could get lost right here. But anyway, I, I, Paul goes on and he says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation of righteousness. And what was the result? You were... You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal life. Well, you're right. Should be. Christians ought to be ashamed of the past that we live. I cannot walk around here and say, uh, I don't regret anything I've done. I I can't do that. I can't walk around here and say, I'm not ashamed of the life I used to live. Right. I am ashamed of that life, and I'm grateful that God didn't take me while I was in that life, because had he taken me while I was in that life, I'd be in hell right now. Mm-hmm. And so Paul says that every Christian ought to be ashamed of the life that we lived. So as he goes on here, he says this right here. He says, but now, I like that, but now you are free. From the power of sin. Uh Uh-oh, we're free from the power of sin if we don't let that power control us. (laughs) See, some people are still bound by the power of sin because we are living currently in sin. And I'm talking about Christians that tend to think you can still live any kind of way and still call yourself a Christian. Right. We ain't going there tonight, but we're going to get there. There's some things that Christians can't do. I don't care what the issue is. There's some lifestyles Christians are not supposed to live. Because what you need to understand that if you're going to continue to live a sinful lifestyle, how can you consider yourself a Christian? Because a Christian does not practice sin. Yes, we will sin, but we do not practice sin. And so the Bible says, but now you are free from the power of sin, verse verse 22, and have become slaves to God. Still reading from the New Living Translation. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life, Mason. Now we're living a life that pleases God. We will never stop sinning down here. Never. We will constantly have the battle and battles and battles with sin. Here's the good thing. This ought to shout everybody that's been born again. We won the war, but we have a whole lot of battles to fight. And sometimes we lose some battles. All the time. Yes, sir. See, sin 
if you don't know it, comes from the Greek word harmatia. Harmatia has the idea of an archer and a bullseye with a bow and some arrows. Harmatia deals with the archer trying to hit the bullseye. He puts his arrow in the bow, he takes aim, and he pulls back, and he shoots, and he misses the bullseye. That's what sin is. When we miss God's bullseye, now there's iniquity and there's trespass. Iniquity is rebellion, trespass is to overstep a boundary. Mm -hmm. But when we try to do what God say do, and we miss it, when we go, when we don't do what God say do, when we try to do right, and we don't, that's when we sin. But stuff that we do does not line up with what God says. It's sin. And I think I need to tell somebody this right here, and you can take it how you want it. The Bible backs me up because we are Bible-believing brothers who come from the Word. If God calls it a sin, I don't care what you call it. Right. If God says it's wrong, it's, it's wrong. wrong. Right. You don't have the power to say God didn't mean that. How are you going to say what God didn't mean? It's not in your brain to, to say God is wrong. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. Well, that's that. That's, that's not even an argument if it comes from God. It's not so even an argument. He didn't mean that. That ain't what he meant. Okay, well, uh, I take him at what he meant, uh, and I'm not one to argue with him. Uh, <laughs> uh, all I want to do is expound on the word and find out what is the correct interpretation of it. And uh, whatever he meant, that's what he meant, and that's what I'm going to believe. And that's what I'm going to go back. You're going to stick with the word? Uh, I, I'm going to stay with the word. Man. That's the best thing to uh, do. And one of the reasons I'm going to stay with the word because the Bible says that when heaven and earth passes away, his word, his word still be standing. What so, it says about the flower fading, the grass with grass with flowers fade. But the word of God, the word of our God, watch this, alone shall stay. That's right. Stand forever. You keep espousing your words, I'm gonna keep repeating God's words. True. And as we continue on, we got some God's word to expound on that ain't hate speech. <laughs> exactly. We're coming. That's true. We're coming. You know, uh one of the things we 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 have to understand is that we're gonna always be enslaved, or we're always gonna be slaves. Okay. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but we'll always be slaves to something, something. or someone. Uh, in this case, and in our text today, either to sin, you'll be slave, either to sin, or you'll be slave to righteousness. It's either or. It's either or, right. And, and we have to look at the part that we play in this thing. Mm. That's the part that we play in. You know, first of all, we got to understand that you've been freed from the power of sin. See, that, that's the number one thing right there. Sin no longer has power over you. Now. 
but some people allow sin to be powerful over there. Right, right. Now, now listen to what you just said. Allow. Yeah, but we just some people allow allow sin to be. We don't have to allow. We just do. Because why? We enjoy it. We enjoy it, and a lot of times we we set ourselves up for sin. Good gracious. Um, we go places we shouldn't go. We what? we do things that we shouldn't do. Uh -oh. uh, Bible tells not to give Satan an opportunity. Give him make no, no room, space. No space. Exactly. For make no provision for the devil. Exactly. So we, we we it's all about the choices that we make in life. I can't make the same choices that I made uh, before I accepted Christ as Savior. Before I got saved, I can't go the same places where I used to go and think that I'm not going to get tempted by the same things that had me bound to begin with. Because we got to understand that old fleshly nature is still very much alive. And if you feed it any type of way, it's going to go all what, what they call hook, line, and sinker. It's going to go for it because it's still very much alive. You know, I, I can't get around uh, the things that that used to have me enslaved in sin and play around with that stuff, thinking that I'm not going to fall to it. It don't make a difference where I've been preaching for 100 years or how righteous I think I am or how strong I think I am. If I get around fire, no matter how old I am, no matter how strong or how holy I think I am, if I get around fire, fire burns. And if I get around it and get close enough, I'm going to get burned. Fire don't care whether or not I'm a child of God or not. Fire don't care. It don't care how, how strong I am or how close to God I think I am either. If I get close enough to it, you're gonna get burned. It's gonna do what it was designed to do, and that's to burn and give off heat. So, so what you're saying, like, so what you're saying is, <laughs> it, it, it don't play with sin, right? Can't play with sin. And the thing is, we don't have to play with it because now that power that kept us enslaved to sin is powerless. So, what is it? going to take to convince us, convince us that sin no longer has the power over us that it used to have. And I'm going to tell you what it is. Without the thing that convinces us or should convince us that sin no longer has the power over us that it used to have because now if you're saved, you have a greater power living within you now called the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> And the Holy Spirit is that power that we depend on. Christ knew that we were going to need this power in order to live this Christian life. And he knew that because if he knew that we could live the Christian life under our own power, then he would have never had to send power to us to live the Christian life. But Mason, I'm only human is what they say. Yeah. And you can live like you me. human. You 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 may be you may be a preacher, but you only human. You may be a Christian, but you only human. You know what I tell people? I have decided not to let my humanness send me to hell. Right, right. That's what I've done. I've decided. Yes, I'm human, 
And so, you know what that says? Since I'm human, I don't depend on myself. I depend on who you were just talking about. Right. Right. Thank you, Lord, for that. Right. Let's get ready to wrap this up with verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, Reverend Teresa, Minister Teresa McNeil, preached a sermon at the church several months ago, about a couple months ago. And in that sermon, she said something so profound. Here it is right here. She said, you can have the wages mm -hmm. or you can have the gift. True. Now watch this. When you get wages, you work for something. Right. You put some time in, you work. And most of the time for the wages we get now, we work hard for our money, as Donald Summers used to say. <laughs> So, so, so when you get to working, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, however you get paid, you're getting what you work for. Right. In a sense, you're getting, and some people say, well, I don't get paid what I deserve. But in a sense, based upon the agreement you have with your employer, you're getting what you deserve. Yeah, because you, you, you agree to that payment, payment right. that you're getting paid. Right. So you're getting what you deserve. You got to hurry up yourself. On the other hand, there's a gift. Mm -hmm. Unless you go out and buy your own gifts, the gifts that you get are given to you and they don't cost you anything. Right. I, I, I'm finished here. There's a gift called eternal life. I got to quit. I'm getting too happy. <laughs> there's a gift called eternal life. And there's a payment called eternal damnation. If you deny the gift, you accept the wages. Right. But I decided, and my brother decided, and some more folks we know, and we try to get y'all to decide. Right. Don't take the wages. <laughs> take the gift. Because let me break this down for you. For the wages of sin is death. This word talks about the second death. Revelation talks about and death and hell were thrown into a lake of fire. So this is the wages. This is the punishment you're going to get. Because if you take the wages, you're going to end up in dying in your sin. So you're going to hell, the shadings, the holding place, the other side of paradise. And you're going to be tossed in that day. Death and hell are going to be thrown into a lake of fire. But there is an alternative. You got to quit. You gotta wrap yours up in two minutes. Okay? Right. There's an alternative. It's called eternal life with Jesus Christ. Finishes up next. Oh, I agree. I agree. Well, the deserved payment 
is death. Right. That's what all of us deserve. Yeah. Uh, but the undeserved gift is eternal life. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So, since the undeserved gift is eternal life, uh, death is what we actually deserve. Right. With the gift of eternal life comes grace and mercy. Yes, sir. Which means you're basically getting what you don't deserve. That part right there. And so I would rather get the gift of eternal life and I would rather get what I don't deserve because what I don't deserve is a whole lot better than what I deserve. Yes, sir. And so the only way to get what I don't deserve is to get Christ who gives me the gift of eternal life. Yes, sir. And so if you choose Christ, you can't lose. If you choose death, you already lost. So what would I do? I would choose Christ. Because uh, choosing Christ does another thing. It gives me fire insurance from hell. And I don't want that. Thank you for joining us for another episode of For Such a Time as This. The time is now. We bless God for you. We hope and pray we've said something to help you. If you haven't chosen the gift over the wages, we pray even now as we get ready to pray us out that you will choose Jesus Christ because it's heaven or it's hell. You're going to miss one of them, but you will not miss them both again. It's heaven or it's hell. You're going to miss one, but you won't miss them both. Father, we bless you, God. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. And God, we give you the praise. Now, God, as we have come to the end of another episode of For Such a Time as This, the time is now. God, we thank you. We bless you. We are so grateful for you on tonight, God. Thank you for what our ears have heard. Our hearts have failed. Thank you for what you've shared with us to share with your people. And so, God, we just bless you. We praise you. We pray we've done what you would have us to do. And so, if, God, we just ask and pray that you convict the hearts and minds of your people and those that are your creation. We pray that your people would live a better life and your creation would come to know you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I didn't see this. Seven lights. Regina joined us tonight. Yeah, Regina gave us many stones. This. She gave us some money. Hey, man, I don't have a clue, man. You say amen. Yes, sir.
yes you did he made run he made run to jesus when sister jackie said i once was that person but yeah <laughs> exactly Four hundred and seventeen. We're at that ninety-four percent again. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry, I got wrong, man. I try to keep it under power. Ah, you good, man? We're in this thing together, man. Whatever we do, kill this thing. Does exactly what we do. 